Hello and welcome to the Gamers Without Borders podcast, a podcast about video games, technology and anything else we can think of. I am Nick, uh, as, as promised uh, earlier in the year, um, or last year I should say, uh, I, I did want to come back and do uh, a few uh, uh, other episodes and stuff uh, to kind of bring the podcast back. Uh, and most importantly, um, at time of recording, uh, it is the 1st of January 2022. Uh, Happy New Year to everyone out there. But most importantly, uh, that also means it is the ideal time uh, to think about Game of the Year. Uh, it's uh, something a lot of outlets and uh, people have been doing, and I thought I would throw my hat into the ring before it and kind of just do a uh, a quick kind of rundown of what my Game of the Year is, why it is, uh, some thoughts about it, and, yeah, hopefully uh, just go from there. So, um yeah, I will cut to the chase. Uh, my game of the year uh, for this year is Life is Strange True Colours, the latest game in the Life is Strange uh, series. For anyone that knows me, that might not come as a huge surprise, um, given my love of the series. Um, before we get too far into it, um, I'm not intending to do major uh, kind of story spoilers. Uh, I'm hoping to do a full-on uh, spoiler cast uh, going through uh, each of the episodes and uh, the major decisions in detail. But I will say, um, just to kind of make sure, just to say that, yeah, I'll put a spoiler warning in um, just to say, yeah, spoilers uh, for Life is Strange 2 Colours uh, and the other Life is Strange games. So, yeah, if you are thinking about playing True Colours or you're partway through it and you haven't finished it yet, I would recommend uh, not listening to this uh, until you've finished it. So, um, yeah, w- without further ado then. So, first and foremost, I, I think it's um, I think it's important to know uh, the sort of the context, I think, uh, around this game, and, and particularly for me, because, as I said, uh, I've always been a huge Life is Strange fan, but I think, like a lot of fans of the series, we were a little bit kind of uh, on a bit of a low point after Life is Strange 2. It's it's not a bad game uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think it kind of, it went in a very different direction with uh, the Life is Strange series and the formula, and I don't think it kind of had a lot of the sort of emotional weight uh, and... And kind of heart that the first game is. I think there was a lot of factors um, that kind of played into that. I think a huge one was uh, the release schedule, the fact that the entire game uh, took over a year uh, to fully release, and I, and I think that kind of took a lot of the uh, narrative wind uh, out, out, out of its sails, as it were. Uh, because yeah, you couldn't be invested because you couldn't really recall um, what had gone on because the last episode uh, had come out. Uh, such a long time ago um there is a episode of uh, the very good almost better than silence podcast uh, where myself and uh, the host of that podcast doug coleman uh, do do a full deep dive uh, into life is strange 2 uh, so if you want to hear my feelings on that game in more detail uh, that would be the place to go so yeah it was kind of there was a feeling of going into this game uh, kind of i w- initially like and once i was not quite as instantaneously kind of hyped and on board because i was thinking well, the last game was was pretty poor uh, in a lot of ways. Like, is this one going to be great? But I think the one thing that surprised a lot of people um, is that uh, development of this game uh, shifted away from the original uh, developer of the uh, both Life is Strange and Life is Strange 2, uh, Don't Nod. Uh, it was shifted to Deck 9 Games, who were actually responsible for the uh, Life is Strange prequel spin-off, Life is Strange Before the Storm, um, which... Uh, which again is is uh, was very very critically well received and and uh, had a lot of uh, positive uh, positive reviews and such and I think a lot of people when that came out were thinking oh no it's a different studio making this game are they really going to kind of understand what made uh, the original Life is Strange work and they absolutely did um, they really nailed it I think they they managed to do a rare thing with a prequel of of kind of bringing in new characters or even characters that you knew 
kind of where they were going to end up. You knew what their their ending was going to be and, and still make them really great and worthwhile. So I think a lot of people were quietly confident uh, when it was announced that Deck Nine uh, was taking over the development of True Colors. Um, and yeah, before before getting kind of uh, too much into specifics, I, I think absolutely um, it is the best way I can put it is it is a return to form um, for the series. I would put it much closer um, in akin to its uh, style and approach uh, to the first game before the storm. Uh, it, it it shrinks back. I think one of the big problems with Life is Strange 2 was it, it tried to be a bit too much. It tried to go too large scale and, and kind of with this kind of road movie uh, format and moving around. And I think what True Colors realized is that kind of actually a Life is Strange game is at its best when it's on a smaller scale. You know, there's not a huge variety in location, but the important thing is you build um, you build um, a really a really kind of worthwhile cast of characters. And I think I remember being struck because uh, the, the very, very opening of the game, uh, you are basically offered to just look out upon uh, the town of Haven Springs uh, where the game is set. And it's a, it's a deliberately very slow, very calm, very chill way to open. And I think that was very much the game uh, kind of laying out its stall incredibly early on to say, yeah, we, we're going to go back to to kind of what Life is Strange is known for, those moments of uh, sort of reflection um, and, and yeah, and yeah, just just being a slower game, I think it, it really comes down to you play these games for the narrative and for the story. You don't really play them for uh, the, the kind of moment-to-moment gameplay, as it were, um, and that is something I will come back to a little bit later. Um, I also think um, I also think a big part of it is I think it was a, an escape for a lot of us, uh, especially this year, I think, given that I think at the beginning of 2021, we all hoped that things would be a little bit more back to normal than they actually were, but unfortunately that uh, that didn't really come to pass. So I think uh, I know a lot of people have are kind of in their game of the years, a lot of people have kind of picked games where it's like, yeah, it's just been nice to kind of be in a world that's different to the world around me, and whether that's a nice town or a, or a big futuristic city or, or a gothic castle like Resident Evil. But like, I think a lot of people that has been their undercurrent in the games that they've enjoyed because we just, we all kind of need uh, some some changes of scenery in our lives. So I, I definitely think um, that was a big part of it. But yeah, I, it's, um, it's, it's not a perfect game. Um, I do, I do absolutely, uh, there are is- issues with it, but I just think it's the, it's the vote of confidence um, the series needed. I, th- I think after a kind of shaky um, position with Life is Strange 2, I think it is, we haven't had official confirmation that any more games are coming. Uh, there are remasters of uh, the original game and Before the Storm due in early, I can't say, I nearly said early next year, uh, due in, I believe, February 2022. But in terms of the next game, uh, we haven't heard anything yet. Um, it is worth noting these games are, they take a very, very long time to make. Uh, like it was, um, it was explained um, during the release of True Colors that actually development on True Colors started for Deck Nine as soon as, pretty much, uh, as soon as before the Storm had released back in 2017. Uh, so you're kind of looking at a, at a three-year a three uh, year development cycle for that game. So I think even if they do announce the new game is coming, uh, we're not really going to see it um, for, for a good few years. But I, I think I, I, I feel content that if, if this was the last game uh, that they make under the Life is Strange uh, franchise, I, I think it would be it's a good note to end out on. I think it really encapsulates what what the series um, what the series thrives on um, and what makes it what makes it good. And I think and I think that's that's really key that it feels the easiest way I can put it. And to all the people, this might not mean much, but it, it feels like a Life is Strange game, whereas I think at points Life is Strange two did not. Um, so that's 
that's a that's really really great and i definitely think they made a lot of smart decisions i think um taking the decision to in a way abandon the episodic nature in the sense of you can play the game one go it is subdivided into chapters um and it does have the same thing that like all life is strange games has that kind of at the end of the chapter you'll see um all the decisions like there is a very definitive end point to each chapter but in terms of the game itself it is all bundled in one package you can play it in one go and i think there are pros and cons to doing it both ways um i played in i finished the game in in kind of two sessions uh, across two days so i didn't kind of divide uh, stick to those chapter divides and i think um and yeah there's it, it works a lot of ways i think i always personally prefer playing these games in short bursts because i think it keeps you most invested in the story uh and and kind of the characters because you kind of you keep in mind what's going on and, and what's happening but i can understand people wanting to to savor the game and kind of in a way kind of bring back that old ep- episodic style of it um which which yeah so and I, but I, I do think i think that was very much a a kind of tacit admission even though um it was even two different developers that i think the the large stretches uh, of time between episodes with life is strange 2's release really did hurt it so i think it was a it was a good uh, move on deck nine's part to sort of to yeah just default back to um a a single release um, I have heard a lot of people, I, th- I think a really interesting point of discussion with this game is a lot of people have said it's like, in terms of the powers, so sort of Alex's empathy powers that a lot of people feel, it's there's less of a game to play in this game, especially versus the time uh, the time running powers of, of the original game, I think r- really are kind of what set that game apart. And, and I do agree, like, I think for my purely game mechanical sense in terms of what do you as the player do, there is a lot there is a lot there is less like you can't do puzzles in the same way that you can that you could have done in the first game and also show that like it is a thinner game in a way but i've always kind of at least for me i've always felt that really the gameplay um and and by extension the kind of the powers that these characters have is almost really just a narrative device to move um to move the story on and I, and I think that's what they're there for because i think if the games were truly about like the powers themselves if it was about like how did max get her time travel powers what's the reason where did it come from like they would have explored that but i think it's very deliberate that in pretty much all the games they leave it quite vague um as to how the various protagonists kind of develop their powers because that's not the point the powers aren't what you're playing for in a way it, it i it, it is just playing for the narrative so i do agree and i do get the complaint that I think that there was less less to do. I, I, I do think there was more a feeling of kind of, it's just about what do I need to do to push forward to get to the next bit of narrative? Um, I do definitely think uh, that's that's part of it. And I, I do, I agree, like, I agree that that is factually true, but I don't necessarily think it's a complaint because I don't necessarily think, like the Life of Strange games are almost, borderline like visual novels um it's it's kind of they've always been a low um the sort of the amount that you do in terms of minute to minute gameplay is is so different to say your big budget open world uh third person next adventure or an rpg like it, it's they're completely different and i think and yeah and it's just you if you have to go in uh with with the right kind of expectations and understanding with this game because you're not going to get a huge amount of stuff i do think it's really interesting that um uh again so there's, there's a minor spoiler but one episode is uh they basically turn the game into an rpg uh it's effectively you're playing a game of dungeons and dragons and they have a full like 
RPG system. You have to do attacks and and he like it, it turns itself into an RPG for an entire chapter of the game, which I think is really great. And obviously, it's a big part of Deck Nine, um, kind of uh, the the D and D game as included in uh, Before the Storm was kind of really praised. And I think it's now that Deck Nine had a bit more sort of time to stretch, and it also linked in with with characters they were bringing back that like they could really kind of um, go into that and really expand upon it. So that was really good. But like, yeah, that is the the most gamey that the game gets. It turns into an RPG for a couple of hours, but then you're pretty much kind of back to um, back to the, the regular kind of game. So I do I do agree, and I, I think I felt this most keenly uh, in the Wavelength DLC episode, uh, where you're uh, playing as uh, Steph um, and, you're, and you're being a radio DJ. That very much the kind of the stuff that you do, like the it's I I, I feel a bit bad using the term, but like the stuff that you do as on the radio as a DJ, it's almost like a mini game. And I very much at times felt like I just want to get through this next chunk of game so I can get to the next bit of narrative. And, and like absolutely for long term um fans of the series, like the way the story goes in that short DLC episode, like the amount of kind of story um you get and you kind of you really it covers a big part of the world that a lot of game that the previous games haven't ever touched on. It's it's basically you get the fallout from the first game, um, which and kind of what happened after uh, to everyone in Arcadia Bay and such kind of, and there are differences depending on uh, the decision you made uh, in the first game. But I think that's really interesting because I, because it is the one downside that it's with this huge event, but because life is strange too, kind of took a pretty much clean break. You don't have time to go. Yeah, but what did happen? So I do agree that, yeah it's yeah as a it is it is thinner as a game there is less to do and i think that's in some ways that's quite surprising because there's kind of ever so slightly more open worldy elements and there's a tiny bit more freedom uh in certain places with this game but like i do think it's yeah this is absolutely a game you play for its narrative you play for its characters you play for its plot you're not playing it because um of a brand new, like a new feature or, or a gameplay mechanic or to bridge your stats. Like that's just not, not what this game is. And I, and, and obviously I think a lot of people are obviously comparing it to other games in the series. And I, while I agree uh, that in the first game, it was a lot more active, like um, with the time reminding, like it, it's also in a sense of like, you visually see it, you have a lot of control over areas, but like I would also point out if you go back and play that game, the actual number of what like, kind of, puzzles and kind of direct things that you do with the time rewinding powers is pretty minor like even the first game it's not it's not chock full of things to do it is that same thing of, of just really working um to move it along but i think but yeah to to kind of double back i, I think the the really great thing about true colors and why it's my game of the year is that like it's what i hoped it would be um and i, I really think it did deliver it it to me was a really great story. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I think they're really other characters and just, I feel content now that if, well, if the series keeps going and I think if, as long as it stays in the hands of Deck Nine, I think they can keep um, making games. Uh, and I think the franchise is in a good place. I get the sense it's, I think it, well, it was definitely critically well received. I hope it's sold well enough to obviously, because fundamentally games, only get made and sequels only get made if, if games perform well and I get the sense um that this did do quite well um so I would I'd be hopeful that it would open the door um for more games in the franchise in the future but as I've said I think that's so far off that 
I doubt we'd even we it will be a while before we even get confirmation probably that a new game is in the works, let alone um that it actually kind of that it's gonna be in development and actually kind of release date. I we are honestly looking, I think, two or three years away at best. Um so yeah, got a long way to wait, but um I think that's something that fans of the fans of the series we're aware of that. I think a lot of us almost didn't really expect um true colors to be a thing uh when it was announced we were like okay fine new life is strange game that was uh not what we were expecting but yeah i, I think it's just for me and i think especially in it and it does come into the broader context of kind of what this year has been like but like it was a really nice escape just for just for a few days to really kind of immerse myself in this world and this story and these characters in a time when kind of the real world wasn't so great and and a big part and i think for so many people video games are escapism and that's a big part of it and that's what makes them so good and so I think it was really nice just to have that really short encapsulated and it made it yeah because it crafts its world so well um that that yeah you just kind of want to live there and a lot of people quite rightly said like it is absolutely a fictionalized kind of very idealized and sort of overly earnest kind of world it's just the, the sort of place that cannot exist in real life like you can't in a tight you're not going to have you, inexplicably the fact that everyone in the town is pretty much either incredibly young or incredibly old and like it's a tiny population but there's somehow an independent record store that keeps that is still in business and like and yeah it's, it, it, it is it is fictionalized i think in one way life is strange goes for realism because it touches on very real issues but i think the lens and the world it does it is fantastical and sort of hyper realized that it's kind of what what we all imagine small towns like that to be rather than what they actually are so yeah i it's it is a very i think a life is strange game is a very particular thing and i think that it that's why it can be quite polarizing i think it's either if you know what to expect expect and that kind of aesthetic and feel and and so many other things if that fits for you um i think it's you'll you will really enjoy it and i think you'll enjoy the series in general and i think that's a lot of why um the first game did so well i think it really for the for the right group of people it really hit hit kind of hit home and, and really worked for them um and i and i think true colors is kind of the same thing i i do think you can come into true colors not having played um other games to be completely honest because even though you have got uh, returning camps and stuff from before the storm they do kind of cover that and um in event you haven't played it um there's kind of there's enough background and and that's and that's and that's really crucial as well because i think you, you always want to make these games accessible they are all considered kind of standalone games like they're under the life is strange banner and they might share characters but they are kind of very much standalone adventures so i i think um it is really nice that you can come in and i, and I hope I hope a lot of people, I hope more people do. I hope it kind of, as it's got a lot more uh, critical attention um, and kind of been boosted up by existing fans of the series, I would hope that it hopefully finds some new fans as well. But yeah, I um, so yeah, I just kind of wanted to have sort of a brief discussion about kind of the game and, yeah, and yeah, why it's been uh, my game of the year. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, I'm just really glad that kind of, well, it came out with a lot of games being uh, delayed and stuff like that. I think it's uh, it's nice that it even came out. I think it did. I think it did possibly slip its release date slightly. I know. I know the remasters have slipped because they were supposed to come out at the same time, and then they got pushed to February next year. Uh, February this year, sorry. Um. So yeah, I think it is really great. And I'm just 
for me personally, I'm just really glad that it was what I wanted it to be. I, I kind of definitely, as I was hearing more and more and when like trailers were released, I was starting to hope, but I was thinking back to how disappointed I ended up being with Life is Strange 2 because it did very much the same thing. The opening of that game is very Life is strange It pitches itself, obviously, as a Life is Strange game because it is one, but then very quickly um, goes in some different directions with it. Um, and... And yeah, that I I don't think were necessarily um, in kind of the best way they could have taken what was a really interesting premise um, and kind of and, and run with it. But I won't I won't dwell on that game um, any further because, like I said, uh, there is a episode uh, of almost better than silence um, that will go into that in a lot more detail that I will include uh, in the show notes for this episode. So um, yeah, that was kind of it. I just kind of wanted to do a short rundown of my game of the year. Um, I am hoping, uh, it's uh, not confirmed yet, I am hoping to do um, a more uh, full-blown spoiler cast of Life is Strange 2 Colours, uh, get a few guests in, uh, really go and kind of have a deep dive um, for that. So hopefully that will, um, yeah, that will be coming in the not-too-distant future. But yeah, for now, um, like I said, I hope everyone has a great new year. And yeah, I wish everyone the best of luck uh, Yeah, in the new year. And I hope you all have a great one. And I will be back with you soon. So I will see you next time. Uh, just a reminder, uh, you can also find me on Twitter at another GMG blog or the podcast itself at GWBpod. Uh, we're not that active, but by all means, uh, throw me a DM. Chuck me, send me, send me some tweets. Talk to me. It's, it's, uh, let's... I'm trying to get this podcast back off the ground and I've I've had a very great a uh, very nice community behind me in the past so hopefully I can kind of bring things back and and yeah really do some more stuff in 2022 um I've got I've got a few ideas and plans floating around so yeah hopefully you will be hearing more of me in the not too distant future but yeah for now uh goodbye <laughs>